Hi everybody, Frank Finance here. Hope you're having a wonderful day. So recently a viewer asked the question, what is the event that caused you to think that Alibaba could go down to $190 a share? And it got me thinking, it's not really one event, more like the series of events. And it made me start to think of what were all the things that led up to Alibaba dropping 60% a little for a little bit over a year now. Um, so in this video, I'm going to give a detailed timeline of all the bad things that happened to Alibaba over the last year. And retrospectively, I was like, dang, man, that's crazy to think about if you just got it all and said, all oh, this is going to happen to Alibaba. Um, I probably wouldn't have believed you, but, you know, looking at it now, yeah, well, it has. All right, so jumping into it, the domino that started all of this mess for Alibaba appears to be when Jack Ma at a conference spoke poorly about the Chinese government. And ever since then, Alibaba has really, that is really the point at which the inflection point of the downtrend started. Now, when you look at their stock price on October 23rd, now this is on a weekly basis, so I'm not gonna get all the details. It was around an all time high. And shortly after that statement by Jack Ma in early, early November, the Ant IPO was delayed. I want to say it was in the first few days, maybe four days um, of November. So within a little over a week, they had already punished him. That was supposed to be, I think, a 300, close to $300 million IPO um, or valued the whole company, Ant Group, at um, over $300 million. And that was a huge thing for Alibaba as they owned 30% or somewhere around 30% of the business. Now, in that time frame, just between that October 24th and middle of November, you've already seen a 15% drop in their share price. Now, a month later, there's released an antitrust probe, and this was in early, uh, early December of 2020, uh, a probe into Alibaba's, um, you know, antitrust probe into Alibaba. And then by December 24th, we've already seen a 28% decrease in Alibaba stock price. Now, one thing about this antitrust probe, it lasted until April and it resulted in a $2.8 billion fine, which actually caused the stock price to do well, which we'll talk about a little later. Now, the next thing is in February of 2021, Jack Ma appeared. Um, I can't remember what exactly the details was, but he did appear. And that was the first time he was seen since that conference and the other two bad, the, the, the Ant Group IBO was delayed and the antitrust probe was announced. So this was at least some positive news. If we go back to um, February, you can see that the stock price had dipped. And in early February, when they saw him, the stock price bumped up a little bit. Um, but then proceeded to drop back down going into April. Um, so we'll go on to April next. Um, in May, like I said, in April, uh, that's when the, uh, the $2.8 billion fine was announced and there was a very slight, um, you know, in the short term, there was like a 7% um, jump there in the stock price. Mind you, the stock price going uh, from, from when this all started down to May, we are looking at May, April 30th, we're looking at down 25%, okay? And in, in sometime in May, when, when earnings came out, they did say that they had um, lost a, I think in the April earnings release, they they released that they had 
one uh, large client that dropped out um, or backed out of their contract with Alibaba Cloud, and that was a de uh, reason for slower growth in that quarter. Um, later, we find out that was ByteDance, and they removed their non-Chinese um, non business, so their international business, off of uh, Alibaba Cloud. Now, sometime in the middle of 2021, it could have been a little bit before, could have been a little bit after, I started hearing a lot more noise about VIE structures. That is uh, typically how a Chinese, well, that is how Chinese companies are able to list their shares in the US market. They create this VIE structure, which uh, basically creates a shell company, um, and you were able to buy those shares on the US markets, but you technically don't own the asset, which is Alibaba. Now, that has been going on since you know Alibaba IPO'd. I looked at articles as old as 2017 talking about this fear. And again, I believe it's just one of those articles that you can just reprint and reprint and reprint. It doesn't mean the fear is invalid. It doesn't mean that um, you know there isn't any concern with VIE structures, but the Chinese government has addressed this um, pretty recently, I think in the last month or two, and said that they're not planning on getting rid of VIE structures or preventing um, new companies going forward to uh, IPO with VIE structures. But, um, you know, I'm not going to be mad if someone continues to say VIE structures are a risk. It's definitely a, uh, you know, it is a risk, but I think it's a very low risk. All right, so the next five events I'm going to share happen in pretty rapid succession. And the first being delisting fears. So delisting fears really came about when DD Global went public. They um, they ignored some CCP uh, guidelines, and eventually it resulted in their app being removed from the App Store, causing them to be feared of delisted from the U.S. stock exchange, which did eventually happen. And they are in the transition of moving it off U.S. exchanges into um, uh, you know into the Chinese uh, exchange, Hong Kong exchange. Now, with all that being said, that fear was stuck around for months. I don't think it has actually announced until November-ish timeframe. And that hung around for a long time and caused a lot of fear around Alibaba. And I think it was a legitimate fear. If we go ahead and pull up a stock price, you can see that um, back in July, you know, this is the end of June, um, early July, we saw a 10% drop just in the first, uh, you know, week, uh, week and a half of July, mainly due to this concern. And from there, we saw one of the steepest drops over the next um, next few months of 36% between July, the end of June, and um, the beginning of October. So that brings us to Evergrande. Now, Evergrande, what is a real estate company? And they've been developing and developing and developing. And essentially what happened is they borrowed all this money. The uh, housing economy in China is not that strong. There's a lot more supply than demand and housing prices are going down. And this company, for example, um, was unable to pay its debts because it's not it wasn't receiving any revenue for all this uh, capital it had invested in um, real estate and, can, and has continued to do so. Now this was a really big concern. I, you know, people were saying Evergrande was going to affect non-Chinese markets. I was a huge skeptic of that, and it turned out to be a big nothing burger. And it ended up being really nothing for the Chinese economy as well, in my opinion. 
Um, but it did hang around from about, um, you know, sometime in August. It did hang around for about a little over a month and a half. Um, so it did, it did have and did hang over Alibaba for a period of time. Now, next, the next month uh, in September, Alibaba announced that it would be paying $15.5 billion um, to the Chinese government for a common prosperity fund. Now, most people probably consider this the cost of doing business in China. I call it, um, you know, stealing from shareholders, whether you can, you can see this one way or another. Um, you could also say that, oh, well, it's the, like I said, cost of doing business, but I, uh, you know, pay your taxes and you don't need to be donating money. You should be giving that back to shareholders, uh, plain and simple. So I'll leave it at that. Next up, we got October. There were some power concerns. Um, we had a, lots of blackouts uh, in China, power outages. Um, I think it was an energy crisis where they needed more energy, like coal, I believe it was. Um, and that was causing issues with maybe manufacturing, you know, going to cause supply issues, not going to be able to meet deliveries, so on and so forth. And that was going to have some global things, but it was mainly specific to uh, China. Um, and so that was not a huge issue, but, you know, it was, it was a, it was a, I think a small thing relative to some of the others. And then the next thing that you started hearing around in October, I started hearing it first in October, uh, was slowing growth in the Chinese economy. Now, again, you can see that again coming back up in, you know, early of 2022, but that is a concern. It's definitely something you should pay attention to. Um, if we, if we see that trend continue to grow and it becomes substantial and we start to see, um, start to see it come to fruition, that could be a big problem for um, Alibaba. Now, just to go back, uh, like I said, over the past five events, we saw a really big decline. Now, just to remind you, um, from that July of delisting fears, um, we're looking at a to October, to the end of October. Now, the end of October started going up, um, and I think that's because uh, Charlie Munger bought into the name. It was down about 27% or so um, by the end of October, early November. And that brings me to November of 2021. Now on November 18th, Alibaba reported its earnings, its last quarter earnings, its next quarter earnings are some going to be sometime in February in the next week or so, maybe maybe two weeks. Um, but they reported um, very weak earnings in my opinion. They showed slow growth in their um, their, their main market. They, sh uh, they had slower expected growth in their cloud. They had, you know, the, the big thing that drew, drew the line for me was net income was down, free cash flow was down, they had substantially down, and they were pointing to all these investments, in my opinion, that came out of nowhere, and I did not like to see that. When you're looking at what Alibaba was bringing in the previous four quarters, um, or even some years prior after that, that write down, that decrease in free cash flow, in my opinion, was a huge hit and uh, a serious cause for concern when stacked upon all the other things that happened throughout the, the rest of the year. PIE structure, delisting fears, Jack Ma disappearing, the antitrust, the common prosperity, I could overlook all that. The thing I couldn't overlook is I kept going back to the core of the business. The financials are solid, the financials are solid. Well, when they reported the financials were not solid in my opinion, it showed weakness. And um, I should say they were solid, but they showed weakness. And that was something that could not stand. At that point, I actually had, you know, good several, I mean, several thousand dollars of losses. 
I went ahead and sold my position and I rebought back in a month later, sometime around mid-December, um, so I could cash loss harvest my losses and offset the gains I had in 2021. So um, this was a really big catalyst for bringing the stock price down and I'll just show you what happened. So again, like I said, Charlie Munger bought, uh, well, his 13F was released on October 1st. And at the end of the month, you saw that just drop right off a cliff right after the, um, the November earnings. So I'm trying to get a, uh, how much it went down after that. So in the two weeks after that, it had dropped another 30%, 30%, two weeks. 30% two weeks. It's It was a big deal. And investors took it as a big deal. Now, the last three things are kind of happened in the last month. So in January, uh, the U.S. government said that they would be reviewing Alibaba Cloud. And I believe any business that they were um, with Alibaba Cloud, they would be suspending. So that is a pretty big concern there. Um, I think basically what that means is U.S. companies are going to have a pretty hard time using Alibaba Cloud across the board it's kind of like huawei um you know us really does not use their devices mainly because the us government thinks you know well there are national security concerns and i'll leave it at that um moving on another thing is interest rates globally look to be going up at least i think that they will um i know the us government is hinting at and will is, is planning to in, in, increase interest rates sorry for all the fumbling there um, in March. Um, and so um, mainly the reason there is to combat uh, high inflation and that's pretty much happening globally. Um, so I don't expect the Chinese government to let inflation run too hot. I think they will combat it with a little bit higher rates, but we'll see. Um, tech values drop. So across the board, um, high tech companies have lost a lot of value in the last week and a half, two weeks. And again, that again, it does affect Alibaba in the fact that if Amazon, if you're Apple, your Microsoft, these companies in the US that are, you know, go-tos in times of bear markets are going down, you're probably going to see an outflow from Alibaba as well. Because in addition to everything else that's going on with tech, you have all these other concerns. Again, like I've talked about, most of these concerns have been uh, addressed they've they you know temporary um, the biggest concern out of all these things every single thing that happened over over the time I think delisting was a legitimate fear it was definitely a concern there was a lot of tension between US and China and the thing with Didi was concerning um, but I think a lot of that fear was you know offset by you can just move your shares over to Hong Kong although eh, not many people really would like to do that um, the, but, but the main, main problem I saw was with the weak earnings in November of 2021. That was a huge issue and they really do need to address that in the, in the next quarter. And I'm very optimistic that they will, but if they do disappoint, we are going to see some massive problems with Alibaba if they disappoint in the next earnings. I, I, uh, yeah, that will be the catalyst to drop them into the, you know, $90 range. I mean, I, I mean, I do not doubt if they do not do well in earnings, they will be at the $90 range in probably the next three to four months. Now, on the flip side of that, if they do do well with earnings, I think that could be a catalyst to finally get them out of the slump. But again, they're going to have to deliver over several quarters. 
Now, not only is Alibaba going to have to be competing with um, impressing shareholders, you know, around share, you know, Alibaba specifically, there's a lot of uh, macro issues, global issues that are occurring right now around inflation. We have concerns about possible, um, you know, war with Ukraine. There's a lot of things going on right now that are not specific to Alibaba. And like I mentioned, with that, with outflows in tech in the U.S., we're more likely to see outflows of tech in China as well. So some of those things are going to be bad timing if Alibaba does impress um, in their earnings report. I think that is going to be the biggest factor. And if they continue to do that over several quarters, I do think we can see Alibaba get back to 200 by the end of the year. I think even possibly higher, but we're going to need to get some of these things uh, some of these fears totally alleviated and people stop talking about it or they need to start talking about like Epstein or or whatever it is, some 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 crazy story and get their mind off of Alibaba for a minute so investors can can chill. Um, but I hope you like this video. I enjoyed putting the timeline together. I thought it was actually pretty cool, um, you know, and informative getting to look back on what had all happened to Alibaba over the last year, a little over a year. Um, it's been a wild ride, just straight down, um, but it has been crazy, and Alibaba has gotten extremely beaten up and looks like an extreme value right now from uh, from Valium investors. So um, it's definitely something I'm going to be paying attention to, um, and I, I hope they do come out with strong early earnings here in the next uh, couple weeks. So thanks so much for watching. My name is Frank. If you like this type of content, I do videos on personal finance, investing, and stock analysis. Thank you so much for watching. Frank Finance.